on this episode of The Nosebleeds. It is fall time, and you know the one thing that we're going to care about right now until basketball season starts? Football, baby. This is an all-football episode. And yes, for those listeners who were concerned about us, we were in a brief summer coma, but we are back. So sit back, relax, and if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and enjoy this NFL edition of The Nosebleeds. Life on the edge, I'm dangling my feet. I tried to pay attention, but attention paid me. Haters can't see me, nosebleed seats. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K N O W S Bleeds because we know what we're talking about, but we sit up in the nosebleeds because we're broke. I am out of breath because it's been a while since we've done this. As always, it's me, your girl B. It's your boy. Oh, that was kind of rough. I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't done this in a while. So, um, sorry. So, if you yeah, guys let's talk to about our that. brief remission. So, <laughs> obviously, so I'm going to throw some shade, major shade at Kush over here because it's his fault. The reason why we were in a slight coma, we were enjoying our hot girl summer, and now we are back for fall. Wait, we, we were enjoying a hot girl summer? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't enjoying a hot girl summer. City boys are still up. <laughs> we'll see. I think we Bas- won. We won. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll we let won. you say that. This is a sports podcast, so you could go ahead. Go ahead. That'll probably appeal to most people, but... But yeah, we are back. Uh, sorry for the very, very long delay, but you know, NFL is back. And it's probably my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, I would say it's one of mine too as well. Yeah. So that's why I was, we made sure that we were back for NFL season yeah. and we could talk all about it. All right, so let's get started with our first topic. NFL season's back. We're in week two of the season. So from what we've seen so far in the first two weeks of the season, let's talk about our one player that surprised us the most and the one player that's disappointed us the most. So, Brandy, I'll let like, you start. Well, okay, I was going to say, I feel like you should start. No, you Oh, okay, I'll, okay, I'll go. Um, wow, didn't even try to find me, okay. Well, I think everybody <laughs> knows who I'm going to pick, so I, you go first. I was trying to be nice, ladies first, but <laughs> okay. I'm going to go John Ross, the third for my most surprising. Um, John Ross was the ninth pick in the draft, I think, two years ago, and he was the second receiver taken off the board, and the guy ran a 4-2-2 speed the fastest 40 time in the NFL combine. So there was a lot of expectation coming in, but he just couldn't stay on the field or he wasn't producing. Now, two weeks into the league or into the season, he's leading the league in receptions with 270 yards and he's tied for the most touchdowns with three in the league. So, and I remember back in March, the Bengals were even rumoring about trading him because he hasn't lived up to his expectations. So I think this hot start's definitely going to help him in his career and shut all those doubters up. But my biggest question to him is when A.J. Green comes back, is he still going to produce? And my answer is I think he still will produce because A.J. Green, if anything, will help him get even more open. So it's just now the question is whether the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, can get these guys the ball and make themselves competitive again like they once were in the AFC North. No, I totally agree. And with... And with Green coming back, it's definitely going to leave him a little bit more open because now he's their, he's their top wide receiver. So big things coming from him. And he definitely did prove himself. Like from going from possibly getting released to now, oh, he's our main guy. So good for him. He was definitely obviously a shocker, especially for Bengals fans. And I think we all know who I'm going to pick for my most surprised player, Dak Prescott. Now, if you remember what I said Probably, I think, well, now it was probably just the episode, last episode we shot because it was so long ago, but we were talking about um, Zeke Elliott and his, and his um, contract and everything, which, by the way, he got his back. Congratulations. Thank you. He was on my fantasy team. I needed that. <laughs> um, but now, but I had said that Dak is not a strong quarterback. He's not a strong thrower. He needs Zeke. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, my God. I am 100% on the Dak train. Choo-choo! I love him. He has done so amazing. I don't think anybody expected this from him. Yes, he is a talented player, but he was not a talented quarterback last year. He was playing very, very scared. He just had no confidence, and this year he turned it around. Not only – like, so here's just some stats. So he's 51 for 62 passes, 674 yards with seven touchdowns, and he's leading – 
the Cowboys with an average of about 33 points per game, which I know is a small brag because we're only two games into the into the season, but his passing rate's at 142. So, and he's and the confidence he has when he's playing, and I think that's also can be attributed to 30-year-old offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Yeah. He's done amazing on the sidelines, which we will talk about a little bit later, but he definitely surprised me when I saw him week one against the Giants. I mean, yes, the Giants are bad, and you know, we just played the Redskins, who are also bad, and we're going to play the Dolphins next week, who are also bad. But the way they're playing, and but this is a, this stopping, is good for Dak and Kellen Moore. Like, yeah. it's good to build up their confidence going forward into the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually really funny. I was thinking about this that when because Dak Prescott, uh, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff were all taken in the same draft. And if you look back on it, rookie year, Dak was the number one quarterback out of the three. Second year, Carson Wentz was the best quarterback out of the three. He had that MVP-like season, and then he got injured. And then third season, it was Jared Goff, who last year took him to the Super Bowl. And then now this year, it's looking like it's going to be Dak again. So it's just like that entire rotation is just going around and around and around. But, I mean, it was a strong quarterback class, you can tell right there. But definitely with Dak, and I think Zeke coming back to help them. But Dak also... Yes, he's amazing, but you can't discredit that offensive line. They got the best offensive oh, line in the of league. Of course, yeah. So, and especially after they all got paid, Travis Frederick and mm-hmm. Zach Martin, they're going to do big things. We also got them both back and healthy, which is also a big plus. Right. Um, but, yeah. But I think, yeah, Kellen Moore is a huge, huge reason. The young quarterback who used to play for the Cowboys mm-hmm. out from Boise State um, decided to go coaching, and so far it's panned out well for him. But we're only two weeks into the season, so let's – you know, not all. But I'm excited, y'all. Yeah. It's going to be so great. I'm really happy for me and the rest of the Cowboys fans because the way our team is looking right Okay, we'll get into predictions later, but the way we're looking right now, Super Bowl, at least two within the next five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You don't think so? Okay. He's just okay. a hater. Okay. No, He's I'm just not, I'm a not. hater. That's just, it's ca- it's Cowboy fans are so funny to listen to. All right. So <laughs> moving on to the most disappointing haters. players. Okay, I'll let you go first on this one. Okay, so... Well, we kind of agreed on this yeah, one. Yeah, we kind of did. So I'll, I'll kind of go first and you can elaborate. Yeah. Um, okay, so I couldn't just pick one when this whole team was so bad. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They had so much hype, and I was really rooting for them after everything that happened and how they have, ba- and how they have Baker Mayfield. Odell o- Beckham. Jer- Odell. Jer- yeah, Jarvis Landry and then yeah. uh, Nick Chubb and then Kareem Hunt when he comes back. So it's like, and that yeah. defense is stacked too. Okay, well, the thing is that they had so much hype surrounded the, around this team before the start of the season. And they came out the week one, first game, 18 penalties for 182 yards. Baker Mayfield, three interceptions, and one was a pick six. Yikes. So that that's who my most disappointing player is, is Baker Mayfield. Um, three interceptions last game and then one interception this past Monday night uh, game against the Jets. And against a Jets team that didn't even have their star linebacker that they just paid for in C.J. Mosley and didn't have their top pick in Quinn and Williams' defense lineman. And he, they, they, just, they just couldn't drive on them at all. And that's why I think the Browns and Baker Mayfield – have been very disappointing this season, given it's only been two games. And even, like, if you didn't watch the game, you may look at the box score and be like, oh, you know what, they didn't play bad. Baker had 300-plus yards, a touchdown, he had a pick, whatever. But if you actually watch the game, if it wasn't for that Odell Beckham 89-yard touchdown, the game was boring. Yeah. And the, the like you said, coming into the season, so much hype around the Cleveland Browns, and rightfully so because mm-hmm. they made moves in the offseason. John Dorsey did a great job, offense and defensively, but to the penalties like you were talking about, Miles Garrett, a solid, solid defensive lineman in this league. Probably, you know, he has four sacks already going into two weeks in the season. But the penalties, he's roughing the passer way too many times. So they just need to compose themselves, and they, I think they just all need to get on the same page because none of them are on the same page right now, and that's including Freddie Kitchens as well. So. And then also, well, what I will say about Chubb is that he did do a lot better this past Monday, but that's because I think their mindset going into week one was pass, 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 and that clearly didn't pan out. But once they gave Chubb the ball, they did do a lot better. But also, when we say they did better against the Jets, it was the Jets, which, by the way, our condolences to the Jets organization. Their Jets quarterback fans. had mono. Like, what are you doing? You're a grown-ass man with <laughs> mono. Like, what are you doing? I would, when I first heard that, I was like, I haven't heard of that since high school. <laughs> hey, hey, he's out there kissing high school girls. I don't know what he's Whoa, doing. Whoa, a hot take. <laughs> like, who gets mono? Yeah. And then, like, well, the one thing I did see 
from the Jets is that Le'Veon Bell is still a workhorse and is a hell of a freaking player. Mm-hmm. But he can't do shit if the other Jets help him out. So yeah. there's that as well. But also what you were saying in week one with the Tennessee Titans, I think the Tennessee Titans defense is so, so underrated. And I think they put their, themselves on the map when they picked off Baker Mayfield and took they had two pick sixes. Yeah, definitely. They were very surprising in week one. I mean, obviously, right. we all thought it was going to be tables turned. But... Yeah, no, they they came out hard. Not saying no discredit to them, but like, but they the Browns just way made way 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 too many mistakes, and they need to get it together. And so next week they play the Rams, no, and that's probably not gonna be good. And then after they play the Ravens, so it's gonna Ravens be Ravens looking hot right now. Yeah, so I don't know. Be, they they they, they gotta get their shit together asap because. You know, next thing you blink and next thing you got your bye week, then you blink again. And next thing you know, it's week 17 and you're struggling to make the playoffs. (laughs) So, yeah, Uh, I don't know if I'd go six and eight. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They just got to get it together. But I think these are all mistakes that I mean, they're mistakes. There's things that they can't it can be coachable to where they can fix it, but they just got to get it together. The thing with Baker Mayfield is that he can he has a potential to be an amazing, amazing player. He reminds me a lot of Brett Favre when he played, but it's just his mistakes. He coming into the league. Now he's played 16 games since he's come into the league and he's had 18 interceptions. That is terrible. You can't be making those mistakes. So I think that's something you definitely need to fix. Yeah. So let's stick on the subject of quarterbacks and let's talk about the injury situations and the change of scenery for the Steelers, Saints, and Giants QB situations. It has been a tragic week for quarterbacks. Seriously. It's tragic. So um, let's first talk about... I know, I know fantasy teams are hurting because the quarterbacks that went down... Not me. I have Patrick Mahomes. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> Thank I mean, God. I'm, I'm, ch- I'm chilling with mine too, but I'm saying these are like... Two, two of these three quarterbacks that we're going to talk about are starting caliber quarterbacks mm-hmm. on any fantasy team. Yep. So let's first start with the Steelers. Yes. So Big Ben. Big Ben, 37 years old, elbow surgery, out for the season. Um, I think it's time he hangs up the jersey and hangs up the cleats. I agree. If I were him, I would do the same thing. Especially since the Steelers, like, given how the Ravens are looking right now and the Browns, you know, if they get their shit together, they, they can do some damage. So, given that those two teams are going to be dominant in the future, uh, and the Steelers are not in any way, shape, or form in a place to compete for the AFC North, or let alone the playoffs, so I think it's time for him to hang it up. Yeah, and he's had a he's had his fair share of injuries during his career, so he could also have the same mindset Andrew Luck had when he decided to retire, just why put my body through this when. You well, know. I mean, Big Ben's 37. Andrew Luck was 27 or 28. Well, yeah, so but, you like, know, same, but same mentality. Right, like, but I mean... Like, getting injured, putting your body through all that once again to come out. Right. You know? And I mean, like, knowing... Having a mindset knowing that you may not even make the playoffs, like, I wouldn't do that if I was Big Ben. I mean, you've had an illustrious career. You're... And then we'll, we'll talk about each of these quarterbacks, whether we think we should make the... Actually, let's just start. Big Ben, Hall of Famer or not? I'm going for sure, yes. I think yes, too. Two Super Bowls, six-time All-Pro, two-time NFL passing yards leader, NFL offensive rookie of the year. He definitely deserves it, yes. And right now he's sixth all-time in passing yards. He'll probably finish out top ten for sure, Um, and then seventh all-time passing touchdown. So I think for sure he's going to be a Hall of Famer. First ballot, maybe not, but Hall of Famer, yes, for sure. I agree. I was going to say definitely not first ballot, but for sure eventually he definitely will be. Okay, so Big Ben is out. Who's coming up next? Mason Rudolph. He was a third round pick out of Oklahoma State last year. And last year he was not the backup. He didn't earn that. But this year in training camp, he did impress the coaches enough where he did earn the backup spot this year. And now he started. Yeah. Um, last year, the backup was Landry Jones. And there's rumors that they were trying to get Landry Jones back because he, as the backup last year, he knows the offense the best. But he has a contract with the XFL. So, I mean, he can't come back. So that's why. But Mason Rudolph. 24 years old at Oklahoma State. He put up great numbers. Mm-hmm. I actually, Big Ben, when he signed that extension in the beginning or in the offseason this year, I was kind of puzzled because I was like, you have such a young quarterback in Mason Rudolph who is a stud. I, I personally like him. And I was like, why don't you just let Big Ben play out this season and let him walk, whether he decides to ret- retire or go somewhere else? Like, why would you pay give him a extension when you have a young quarterback sitting right behind him who – is good. And I think 
I think Mason Rudolph will be good. Um, maybe he won't be that great this year, but I think it's going to kind of be like a Lamar Jackson situation where he needs a full offseason to get to know the offense, to work with the first-team players, and then he will flourish. I mean, I mean, yeah, I agree. And I think that's with any quarterback who gets put in this situation that, that he is in because he's, he's kind of thrown in there. Yes, he's a backup, so of course you got to be ready every time, but – I mean, realistically, when you're at practice, pregame warm-ups, all this stuff, you heavily focus on the starters and who's going to start. So I think that – and also this is his first – his second year. I think that he's going to do great. When he did go in for Big Ben, when he did go out this past Sunday, his first drive ended with an interception. But – and this is what I like – he came back and threw two touchdowns with 112 passing yards and is with a passer rating of 92.4, which I think is pretty good, and that kind of shows that – Dang, he threw an interception, but, you know, that's all reading. He shook it off, and he, yeah, he came back. He came back. back. Yeah. Like, he didn't crumble and fall and, like, oh, no, like, freak out. And that's what you want to see out of a young quarterback. Yep. That's why. So Mike, Mike Tomlin, I mean, it's not he, – he's still in a good situation because Mike Tomlin could have just been handed, like, a shitty player like Trevor Simeon. Yeah. <laughs> We're I, not going to talk about that, but um, – yeah. Yeah, for, so for him. I know that was a gruesome injury. Oh, that was nasty. That was bad. Okay, but yeah, so Mason Rudolph, I I I think he can. I don't know if it's gonna, he's going to do well this season. I think the He'll Steelers the He'll Steelers should kind of the, the thing is the Steelers can't even press the tank button because they don't have their first round pick anymore cuz yep. they freaking traded it to Miami, which we'll talk about in a bit, but um I think they should hit the rebuild button and not try to compete too much. But it's kind of hard to do that as a Steelers fan because you think about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers, they're so used to winning all the time that it's hard to just rebuild for five years kind I of mean, a thing. Well, yes, but the Steelers haven't been that big franchise in a while. They've still made the playoffs. They've made the AFC Championship right, past couple times. I mean, they're used to winning is what I'm saying. Not Maybe not winning the, the Super Bowl, but right, I'm saying right, right. winning in general. They've been to the playoffs yeah. out of – how many years they missed last year, but that was the pie one game. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Mason Rudolph is going to be their guy. Give him two years. I think the Steelers are going to be back on top. All right, so moving on to the next quarterback situation, we got the Saints and Drew Brees. It's not as detrimental as Big Ben and the Steelers, mm-hmm. but Drew Brees um, got surgery on his thumb, on his throwing hand uh, here in L.A. after the Rams game. So he's going to be expected to be out six weeks, maybe eight weeks. So the Saints schedule is not the easiest, but it's not the hardest as well. So they got Seattle, so that's I think they're gonna lose that. 0-1 right there. Dallas gonna lose that. 0-2 right there. Buccaneers, I think they're gonna win that. So that's one and two. Jaguars, I think they're gonna win that because still no Nick Foles. So two and two. And then Chicago, I think they're gonna lose that. So two and three. And then Arizona, which is Kyler Murray's confidence has been growing. Game to game. So Arizona is kind of a toss up, but I think they're still going to be the Arizona Cardinals just because that defense is so bad. Yeah. But I also think Kyler Murray is extremely overrated. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I think he's actually, I think he's pretty damn good given the offensive line that he has. But, um, so we'll say they beat the Arizona Cardinals three and three. So three and three without Drew Brees, it's not bad. You're still in, you're, you're one and one right now. Mm hmm. So you end up four and four and Drew Brees comes back. I think given the division that you're in with the Falcons not looking good, the Panthers looking like shit because Cam Newton can't freaking complete a pass to save his life. And he's dressing like a damn grandma. And then you freaking. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? She's coming out for blood this episode. But yes. I agree. That's just fashion. He said football, but make it fashion. He looks like Aunt Jemima in that picture. (laughs) Come on. Hey, do not do not do that to Aunt Jemima. (laughs) Don't do that to her. She she is a delicious topper for any pancake waffle breakfast. Don't do that to her. I'm sorry, Aunt Jemima. (laughs) And then you got the Buccaneers who are the freaking Buccaneers. which Jameis Winston. God help you. So given that division and how crappy it is, I think the Saints will be fine, even if they go three and three. I agree. And it's just all about. Drew Brees bouncing back after that finger injury, which exactly. I I'm the only sure problem is, is it's his throwing arm, so it's like kind of hard in his thumb, yeah. but like I, that's just something to get used to. But it yeah. is also I think just his thumb, fine. but that will mess with his grip and all that stuff. But Drew Brees is talented enough and good enough to come back. Okay, so let's talk about Drew Brees, Hall of Famer or not? 
I think. Oh, yeah. First ballot sure. Hall of Fame. For, for sure. sure. I'm like, for sure. Okay. I just wanted to make no sure contest. we're on the same page. Like, you know what? Actually, I hate him. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't even joke about that. Okay, so here, I'm going to give you a snippet of, of his resume because his resume goes on way too damn long. So, obviously, Super Bowl champion where he beat the Colts, beat Peyton Manning. He was MVP, 12-time Pro Bowler, two-time Offense Player of the Year. Number one in all-time passing yards and tied for her number two with Brady for all-time passing touchdowns, which I think Brady will take him overtake him this season because he's going to miss six games, about mm-hmm. six games. So, And then I can just keep going on and on with the list. But I think that resume, resume in itself is first ballot Hall of Fame. We don't need to prove to you that Drew Brees deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. He just does. So let's talk about their backup right now, then Teddy Bridgewater. So Teddy Bridgewater... His story is actually very interesting. He was originally with the Vikings in the 2015 season. He ended 11-5 and five that year with the Vikings, which is really good. Then right before the 2016 season, he had a really bad knee injury, like really bad. He's in rehab, so right now he's a starter for the Saints. It's his comeback year. I think this is the year he'll come back. Is it going to be difficult? Yeah, definitely. But I think, he's gonna, I, think he, I think the Saints are in a really good position having him as their backup now, now as their starter. That well, I think that's why the Saints brought him on because Drew Brees is 40 years old. He can only play for so much mm-hmm. longer. Even, I mean, he's an amazing quarterback, but I think they brought in Teddy Bridgewater to secede Drew Brees. So I think now is his time to show the Saints fans and the city of New Orleans that, you know, I'm, I can be the franchise quarterback. I can be the face of this franchise. Show them what you're made of. I mean, he hasn't really necessarily put up the numbers, but he's been smart with the ball. And like mm-hmm. you said, he led the Vikings to 11 and 5. So. And then he didn't do much the, um, against the Rams, but also yeah. Rams is re- really good defense. Also, his name, Teddy Bridgewater, is great to say. It's so fun to say. Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. Super Bowl MVP. Like, that just rolls off the tongue super nice. So, I think he's already got the name down. He's Super Bowl MVP. Let's slow down now. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not saying that, but, like, that sounds good rolling off the tongue. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater threw over 400 yards today. Like you said. (laughs) You know? It's just easy and fun to roll off the tongue. So Like you said, against the Rams, obviously, yeah, yeah, they have a good defense. But I think also the game plan was set around Drew Brees. Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater are not the same quarterback in any shape or form. So I think now that Sean Payton and that coaching staff will start to game plan around Teddy Bridgewater, and now we'll really see what his potential is with that Sean Payton offense. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something to look for in these next six weeks. Also, uh, I'm, I'll be really excited to see the, do- the NFL Films documentary they make off of him once they go like, oh, my God, he injured, and now he's back, now he's on the Saints, and then he did great. So that'll be really cool if he does pan that out because that's a, that's a really good documentary that could be made about his life. But So Teddy Bridgewater, for Brandy's <laughs> sake, please don't flop because she's really rooting for you. I really want to see this film. Just because of your name. Yeah, just because of the name. <laughs> Um, okay, so last but not least, we got the New York Giants. Yikes. Well, Eli Manning, he got benched, and it's about time. He hasn't done anything in the past seven years. Yeah, so. He won a Super Bowl, and then just was like, eh. Okay, so before we go about his situation, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? I mold this one over, not going to lie. Yes, he has two Super Bowls, and he was good, really good during that time. He's not a bad quarterback, but I think the fact that he really just sat on his ass for about a good five years, then he's not going to be first ballot for sure. I think he will eventually oh, – I think he will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, see, a, but, lot, of, a lot of people, like, he has a su- two Super Bowls, but what a lot of people don't know is, like, He's eighth all time in passing touchdowns and he's seventh all time in passing yards. So it's like yeah. he's a good quarterback. He, he has a talent, but I was was a good quarterback. Yeah, true, 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 true. You're right. We gotta use past tense. He was a really good quarterback and he he does. Like he had talent. But um but to me, I'm watching looking at you, you haven't you didn't you weren't consistent throughout your entire career, and I think that's specific. But he something. took down a a New England Patriots team twice, Bill Belichick and the Bra- and Brady, mm-hmm. and he won at one time they were undefeated all the way up until the Super Bowl, and they gave them their first loss of the entire season. Yeah. So that in itself, that's like, damn, that's Hall of Fame material right there. Yeah. So definitely not first ballot Hall of Fame, but I believe he does belong in the Hall of Fame for sure. He'll, be, he'll, he'll get into Canton. He'll have a bust in Canton. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Do you think so? Do you not? Share your opinions with us because – 
I really had to think a while about Eli Manning. Also, I mean, I'm a Cowboys. I, wow. Cowboys. <laughs> also, I am a Cowboys fan, so it's natural I hate the Giants. I think out of everybody in our I mean, league, that's I hate me. the that's, Giants that's most. That's me with Big Ben. But yeah, but, but, but you, you got to no, show... give credit where it's yeah, due. Exactly. You got to give credit where it's due. Exactly. Because at the okay. end of the day, this is a neutral, quote, neutral I know. <laughs> sports podcast. Okay, so let's talk about the reason why Eli Manning got benched, and that's because of number six overall pick, Daniel Jones from Duke, which Le- Brandy predicted in the draft, which... You honestly, you should have put a bet down that in. You should have betted really on that in should Vegas. Have. I could have been so rich right now. But I, you know what? It's a good thing you're not a GM because that was one of the <laughs> most terrible oh, picks oh. in the draft. I think oh, they reached. They could have definitely got him at their second pick at 17. I've already been over this. Of course, this, yeah. So Everybody has. You've heard it about a thousand times. But here's my thing with Daniel Jones. Listen, I feel like this is his fate. You know, so everybody knocked him so hard. And yes, I mean, ultimately it was a Giants decision where it was terrible. They should have picked him in the second round. But like I predicted, they did pick him in the first. But since they did that, everybody talked so bad about Daniel Jones. Not so much about the Giants for being stupid, but Daniel Jones, oh, he sucks, he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Imagine being Daniel Jones and hearing that all the time in every news outlet. Daniel Jones sucks. He should have not been picked first. Like, Dang, like that would, you know, affect you a little bit. And now, especially Giants fans, Giants fans were the most pissed. And now he's their starting quarterback. So I'm rooting for Daniel Jones. Do I think he's going to do what very well this season? No, I, not I, really. As much as but, I'm a hater for him, I actually think he may do, he may surprise some people and actually do well this season. He's not going to obviously make him into a playoff team, but right. I think he will win him some ball games and, he actually looked really, really freaking good in the preseason. Given it's a preseason, yeah, but, but he, he looked good. He he looked confident. He looked like he was making some great passes in tough spots. So I think Daniel Jones may su- surprise some people, including myself. I yeah. think I'm because I wasn't a fan of him. He didn't Nobody even put was. up. He didn't even put up numbers at Duke, which is why. And it's like it's Duke. If you don't even put up numbers at Duke, like what are you doing? So that's my whole spiel on him. But yeah. You know what? Well, now guess what, Giants? You're stuck with him. The good and thing you're starting quarterback. The good thing for them is they're go- they are going to go up against the Buccaneers this mm-hmm. week, and the Buccaneers have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL for like the last five years. So he could really show what he could do. He could. This could be a good coming out game for him. But in my opinion, I think they pulled the trigger on Eli Manning a little too soon. Or sorry, not on Eli Manning, on Daniel Jones starting him too soon. I think they should have waited another three weeks and waited for Sterling Shepard, their number one receiver, to come back from injury. And then obviously Golden Tate, their big signee of the offseason, to come back from his four-game suspension. And then really give Daniel Jones real targets and weapons to you know build his confidence up. Because like, who are you going to have? Throwing him to Evan Ingram. I mean, yeah, you got Saquon, but okay, but okay. So just throw him in in three weeks. When right now, if you're if you're the Giants, they're they're gonna lose. They're not going to the playoffs this year, no matter what. Might as well throw in Daniel Jones early so he can get more accustomed and maybe win a couple games. Right, but if he also loses those games, and if it's because of his weapons, it could also demoralize him really bad. And we all know how New York fans are and how they okay, love well, their sports. Okay, well, well, exactly. What are New York fans going to do? They don't control the team. I think that yeah, it's, but it's smart demoralizing. Like, right, but on. he's already, like I said, he's already been demoralized. He's been telling he, everybody's been telling him he sucks and they shouldn't have picked him for his whole NFL career so far. I think Giants fans are. Oh, they're they're about, ruthless. Uh, I think they're optimistic about him. So. I, I mean, know. I think that it's a good move to throw him in early because at this point, what do the Giants have to lose? That's nothing. that's true too. Nothing, absolutely nothing, because they're not going to beat the Cowboys. It's just it's not sad. even the Eagles. So it's sad for the for Eli Manning too, because it's like at this point, it's like what does he retire now? Because he's going to be a backup, or is he going to get traded? But I wouldn't even want to see Eli in another jersey. I, I would want to see him retire as a Giant. Um, he probably would. But that's what I'm saying. Now you're just going to be a backup, and you know you're going to be a backup because they've moved on from you. There's no turning back from, from this move from the Giants. They can't be like, oh, Daniel Jones played bad. Let's bring Eli Manning back. There's no turning back. So I think it's maybe time for Eli to hang him up too. Well, I mean, same thing happened with Tony Romo. Right. And now Tony Romo's living an illustrious career golfing and being one Broadcast, of the greatest sports broadcasters of all time. Didn't pan so. out for Jason Witten. You saw no. what he did. Okay, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, that was bad. But also, Jason, Jason Witten looks like he aged like twenty years with that bald head of his <laughs> yeah. now. 
He really did. Wow, Kush is just like coming for people this episode. Jesus. Yeah. But Jay Witt did what Jay Witt does, and he's doing great on the Cowboys. So, anyways. All right. Moving on. So let's talk about Miami. 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 So first sucks to be you. If I was a Miami Dolphins fan, I would kill myself. I'm just kidding, but I would think about it. Uh, I actually <laughs> saw this really funny tweet on uh, Twitter. You saw a tweet on Twitter? I saw a tweet on Twitter. Wow. And it basically said the NFL is treating the Dolphins worse than SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. It's so bad, Ruthless. but it's so funny. So the Dolphins true. have given up 102 points in two weeks and have only scored 13 points in that span. They've also given up everything for first round picks. Yeah, the so if you if you don't know, um, the Dolphins are pretty much looking to get every single first round pick for next draft. Go and kudos to them. No, but right now they they are they have five first round picks in the next two years, and then four second round picks in the next two drafts. So, and that's from trading Minka Fitzpatrick, Laramie Tunsil, and Kenny Stills. So, they're in full tank mode. Yeah, My, and they have to be, and I think that's honestly their smartest move. It just sucks that they're doing this at the beginning of a season because now we know, especially after the first two weeks of football, that it's just awful. Like, they should just – why bother showing up? Just when you play the Dolphins, it's another bye week. Yeah, so <laughs> it's actually really funny because my brother-in-law is, like, the biggest Dolphins fan ever. That's sad. My it condolences is. to him. Yeah. Make but sure you keep an eye on him. He has a <laughs> he, he got a shirt just for this season, and it says, Tank for Tua. Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback yeah, from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And at the bottom it says, make Miami great again. <laughs> make Miami great again. That's funny. So it's funny. But, um, yeah, that's Dolphin fans. We feel for you. But, honestly, I think who has it worse is Brian Flores, their head coach. Like, having to motivate these guys to even, like, go on the field, knowing that the GM is trading all their best players because they're in tank mode. Like, yeah. how, like your, your GM wants to lose every single game, yet you have to go out there and play. This is Brian Flores's pep talk. All right, guys, clap. Just try your best. No one's expecting from you, but try your best. It's a good thing you're not a head coach because <laughs> I was awful. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what he has to work with. What would you say? No, but like the thing is, is like as a coach, you don't want to lose. So it's like being a part of that culture, it sucks. Oh, I totally agree. So that's why it sucks for him. But that's why you guys say just try your best. Like, like think about he it. Because can't they, get mad at them. They, traded, can't their, get mad at they them. traded their best offensive player in Laramie Tunsil, who was a franchise left tackle. And then Kenny Stills, their best receiver, went with him to the Texans. And then they traded their first round pick from last year that they barely just got at the, at the 11th pick. They traded him f to the Steelers. Um, and he was their best defensive player in my eyes. So it's like you're training your best players, and you're like you're full tank mode. And I like we saw after the Ravens game when the Ravens blew them out 59 to 10. There was literally players going up to the front office saying, "I want to trade. I don't want to play for this team yeah. anymore." And that's what's sad. That's that's what is sad for the organization. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the best thing overall for the organization. At the end of the day, because now they have everything they need to start fresh. Right. And because what were they, what else, what was their other options? No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so saying that from like it's a not GM, a bad idea. From a GM perspective, I think it's smart because they, they for couldn't sure. do anything else. But like you said, it sucks. It sucks for yeah. the players, sucks for the coach. And it's, yeah, it's just a bad situation in that case. But at the end of the day, I think they gotta, the GM has to do whatever it takes to win. I have them going one in 15. Who do you think they're going to beat? The Steelers, just because they got their first round pick, so they want them to have a worse record for a higher pick. That's why I got them going 1-15. Otherwise, if that trade didn't happen, I'd have them going 0-16. Oh, but yeah, so they're basically just going to be rebuilding through the draft now, but it's like, through the draft is only so much. Like, Think about... Well, yeah, because even after the draft, it's a whole nother rebuilding period. And Right, but also before the draft, you have free agency, and it's like... Mm -hmm. Do you want to go to a team with a culture that is in the rebuild process? Like, yeah, at the end, the end of the, the tunnel may have a big, bright white light. But right now, it's like, do you want to be a part of this team right now? It's going to be really hard to learn free agents, especially top name free agents. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, yeah, it's Miami. Yeah, they just have their stadium renovated and it actually looks amazing. Hard Rock mm -hmm. uh, Stadium. So, but it's just like. 
I think maybe after next after the draft next year during free agency. Depending next, on how it, how they draft. And yeah, stuff like which that, I mean maybe. they can only draft well. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah, but they, they'll have two top that, ten picks in my opinion. Right after that, they'll be able to gather a little bit more free agency. I think within the next four years, we'll see the Dolphins as a contending team. I could even see the Dolphins getting more picks because there's been talks about Kenyon Drake. They're Mm -hmm. starting because it's a running back by committee over there, but they're starting running back and Fitzpatrick getting traded, which I don't know why they're still starting Fitzpatrick probably because he's so goddamn bad and they know he'll, they'll lose him games <laughs> or he'll lose them games. So, but if at this point I start Josh Rosen, I've never been a believer of Josh Rosen, but it's like, if Josh Rosen ends up going off, like you have your franchise quarterback right there, potentially it's a very small yeah. potential, but it's like, you never know. Like, why don't you just throw him in there? Like, well, what's the worst that can happen? That's very true. So I think they need to move on from Fitzpatrick and start Josh Rosen. Like you gave up a second round pick to get him. Like, utilize it all right so let's move on to the thing we hate the most about any sport any sport the referees the umpires the people who have to pick out the rules during the game given they're human and they're not machines so human errors happen but some of these you can't even say they're human errors because there's replay review yes and and they're still getting it wrong in my opinion the last four years refing in the nfl has gone down a lot. And part of it is because people have been cracking down on the NFL for injuries and how the lasting injuries even after you're done playing because it's a tough sport, Wait, literally. But rightfully so. Like, right. Given all but this, sometimes, yeah. like, they go a little too far and they, for sure. they call things and it's just like roughing okay. the kicker, roughing the passer. Yeah, it's so roughing the roughing the passer, we'll talk about that one with like Clay Matthews last year when he tackled Kirk Cousins and they called it because his body weight landed on top of the quarterback. Like, so the how body, else do you tackle? Yeah. Like, literally, how like, are you, you supposed to like grab him and then like, like I I I don't get it. If you guys saw what I did right now, like it, it was just awkward because I don't know how how it you tackle awkward. like that. I felt really awkward sitting here watching him do that. And then last this past week, Bradley Chubbs tackled literally didn't even fall on Mitch Trubisky. Nothing like. Kind of, or he kind of did, but fell on top of him, and they called rough in the passer again. So it's like, what are you supposed to do to get a sack in this league? Yeah, to put some defensive pressure. It's it's just bad. And then you have that whole unnecessary roughness, rough in the passer, and then unnecessary roughness is my most. I hate when they call unnecessary roughness. Sometimes, yeah, it's a little much, or like late hits, stuff like that, obvious ones. But when it's just when it's just like a really hard hit, that's football. But as we all know, the NFL has been getting yeah, soft because of Yeah, they're trying to crack down on those. Um, but they need to crack down on the helmets to helmets more because I see more of those not getting called. I, I but I think that's anything. But those have actually gotten a lot better, in my opinion, because they don't want to get these fifty thousand dollars fines, these players. But it still is a problem. Like mm-hmm. you're right, but it has gotten better. My biggest thing is the passing interference. Passing interference is my biggest pet peeve, and that's kind of because I played defensive back uh, growing up, but. Passing interference, and especially this season, knowing that you there's replay review for passing interference. Like in the past, obviously, it's like it's a there moment. Like if there's passing interference, you call it, you call it. If you don't, you don't. Like you move on. But knowing that there's replay review for these passing interference calls and they're still being called wrong, that's the part that ticks me off the most. Yeah, I agree. They've really literally dropped the ball on the calling those types of plays. Because it's not most some, most of the time it's either not or hey call that and then you can replay it now especially starting this year and they're just missing. And the thing is for them not maybe reversing because they don't reverse a lot of the calls because there's not clear cut evidence and some of them yes I agree with but the ones that do and they still don't reverse the call like taking away the passing interference or giving the passing interference like it's BS and like what one of the ones that pissed me off this uh past week was the Vikings and Green Bay Packers game and that was Dalvin Cook when he was they were at the two yard line it was uh the little less than two minutes and a half so it was under two minutes so they the all reviews are from the booth and Dalvin Cook was basically being pressed at the line he did a swim move and then he was trying to get open and the ball wasn't even going to him and no penalty was called on the play but the booth from above said, hey, go check that out. It's under two minutes. Go see if that was an offense passing interference, which it wasn't. They ended up calling offense passing interference. That was dumb because... And that ended up moving them 10 yards back, and they had to settle with a field goal. And now at this point, they're down 11 points going into halftime rather than down seven points 
going into halftime. So it's like these little that things. One, that one was very dumb. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, he didn't even get the ball. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make more sense. So, yeah. yeah, it's just. And then <laughs> this past, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry for all the Saints fan. It was such a shitty week for you guys. Losing Drew Brees and then the Cam Cameron Jordan scoop and score, which should have been a touchdown, but they blew the whistle way too early well, and called yeah. it down. So, so if you guys didn't see, there's a video of Jared Goff. He got strip sacked, and Cameron Jordan, the defensive lineman for the Saints, had scooped it and took it all the way back to the house. But they blew the whistle while Cameron Jordan was running to the end zone. And if that's a situation, you re- let that play run out, and then if a player, if a coach challenges it, then you can determine whether it was a fumble or whether right. it wasn't a fumble. But now, like let's say that it was called a fumble, they have to pick it up from wherever Cameron Jordan picked it up. Mm-hmm. Like they don't give him all the yards that he ran, and it was like a 70, 80 yard run that he ran yeah. it back to the house. And at that point, it was three three in the second quarter. And with that one, I do agree that they messed up because they should not have blown the whistle. But after watching the play, it would have been close. It would have, yeah. To call it fumble because it looked, you know, it looked like his arm was moving forward, but it just depended depending on where the ball flew out. So it would have been a close call. But like you said, regardless, they should have let him finish the run. Exactly. So yeah, and that's, then- that's yeah. So. I mean, that's my whole spiel on the refings. Uh, it's just bad. It's just all bad. Yeah. All right. And then speaking of passing interference, I have a solid DBs. And speaking of DBs, we have the best cornerback in the league requesting a trade. And that is Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you guys didn't see on Sunday, there was a video of head coach Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey getting into it on the sidelines to a point where, like, a coach and three other players had to hold, like, the two of them apart. So after that game, it came out on Monday that Jalen Ramsey and his agent had requested that the Jacksonville Jaguars trade Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars weren't interested in trading him, but now they're they're asking for at least a first-round pick, and there's been teams that have offered – a first and a fourth and then a first and a sixth. So it's like there are teams in the hunt and this guy is pretty, he's young. He's still really young. I have to believe he's like 24. He was made a first team, all pro two time pro bowler was a fifth overall pick in 2016. He's the best cornerback in the league in my, eye. actually, I don't think it's up. Eh, maybe it's up for debate, but I think he's the best cornerback in the league. So, First of all, let's talk about NFL and trades. Yes, I was just going to say that. I think the most notable thing that can be taken from this, and especially what happened, you know, with the whole Antonio Brown and that whole mess with when he requested the trade mm-hmm. from the Raiders, is that players, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this too is with the NBA, is players are starting to take control of their own destiny, their own careers, and I fully support it, especially Jalen Ramsey. I mean, look, look at him in this position. He's in an organization where he obviously doesn't feel appreciated. He's frustrated, and he doesn't even get along with the coach. So why be somewhere? And they're not doing shit either. Like, yeah, exactly. They're not even winning. winning. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they were winning, this would be. I'm sure he'd be fine. But I don't blame him for wanting to leave, and I don't blame players for wanting to get out of a bad situation. That's like saying, that's like you being at a job. You hate your job. You don't like it. Everything around you, you don't get paid enough. Everybody around you sucks. They're not appreciating you. And, oh, well, you have to stay. You signed a contract. No, I'm sorry. That's, you could try to get finesse your way out of that if you're truly unhappy. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, especially for athletes, because like I've said so many times before, athletes are seen as an entity. They're not seen as a human. This is their job. This is their career. And I think they should be happy with wherever they are in that. So, and a lot of people in the NFL, typically older analysts, players are saying, well, no, you know, they signed a contract. They should stick with it. And it's like, that's how it used to be. Yes. But as we move on in this world, as time goes on, we are evolving and everything in the league is evolving. And this is just one of the things that's going to help the players. It benefits players. For example, Steve Young, he went on ESPN and he said and he was having he had a big issue with like, oh, we're this is the NBA. This is ridiculous. Like, why are all these players doing this? Oh, just because you didn't have the chance to do this, Steve Young, doesn't mean it's other people shouldn't. Because I think one of the points he said was, you know, when I was on the when I was playing, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, when you were playing many many years ago, many 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 years ago. So I think this is great. I hope, you know, Jalen Ramsey gets what he deserves. I think at the end of the day, everybody should get that. And 
kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying and off of what Steve Young said, if you look at the NFL, their ratings have dropped drastically these mm-hmm. past couple of years. And look at the NBA, it's skyrocketing. Yep. And the reason why is because of player empowerment. They want mm-hmm. they want to control the destiny of their teams. And you see these big trades like Russell Westbrook getting traded. You see these big trades, Paul George getting traded, mm-hmm. Le- or Anthony Davis getting traded, like all these big trades. And that's why the NBA is the talk of the freaking yeah. like sports in the u.s and that's why i think this is great for the nfl like not only for the players like players yeah for sure but for the league itself too like you have you're stirring in the news think in the about sports it. news as well like jalen ramsey the best corner in the league is not content with the situation and wants to move on and now he can potentially go a now potential super bowl competing team or a team that's on the fringe of competing for a super bowl can trade him and get the best corner in the league and that can push them over the hump. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes the, it's so interesting and makes all these league storylines so interesting is when players come out and request for trades and you see that there's going to be a mix-up for the league because now you're constantly refreshing your feed on Twitter seeing, is Jalen Ramsey traded? Is Jalen Ramsey traded? Is like yeah. who's I was going to go? say, the past three weeks for the NFL have been insane. Yeah. Insane because of all... I mean, let alone the drama that's going on, but all the trades, everything going on. Like, oh my God, Antonio Brown, he could have had his own freaking show with everything that was going on with him that was insane now he's on the patriots right i think i think the biggest thing also with freaking with the nfl is fantasy football and when the whole Ezekiel elliott contract thing is like where do i draft Ezekiel elliott is he gonna play is he not gonna play i'm Mm -hmm. constantly checking is he gonna play what's the updates on the talk with jerry jones and with uh Ezekiel elliott like you're you're on your toes and Mm -hmm. that's what creates news and that's what creates uh, publicity for the NFL. So I think this is great that players are doing it. It's making it great for the league as well. Mm -hmm. I I mean, also, I don't see the league coming out and complaining about it either because I think they're on the same track mindset as you are. But it's more so like older coaches and players as well. But the league also has to take into account that they have to please their owners as well. That's So it's like they're kind of in a tough spot as well too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I believe it's great for the league that it's, it's making it a lot more interesting um, so I actually, I couldn't uh, sleep until I knew Zeke had the contract. I got to tell you. Right. And now, and then I think I'm not even a Cowboys fan. And I'm kind of on the same boat too. I was, I was like, like, I took him in the first round. You took him. I was going to say you took him, I took he him went, in the first round. He left. I didn't even pick him in the first round because I didn't know. And I was scared. Yeah. I, I pulled the yeah. trigger. I said, if he comes back, he comes back. Either, it, actually season, in my league, this he was going to be a flop round. or it's going to be a great pick for me. So yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> went all in. I went all in. That's and, funny. It worked out. Yeah. So some potential landing spots I have for Jalen Ramsey's though. Jalen Ramsey is the Seattle Seahawks. They have not had a decent oh Shaquille Griffin. Yeah, he's been good, but they haven't had a defensive back who's been as star caliber as Jalen Ramsey since what Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, like the Legion of Boom. So the Seahawks are definitely one landing spot. And then another one is the Texans. The Texans can definitely use help in their secondary. Um, especially with Tyron Matthews leaving. Uh, so, and that also, he wouldn't mind joining up with DeAndre Hopkins. Cause, so, as we all know, Jalen Ramsey is probably the biggest shit talker in the NFL. Like, he goes out on a limb on every single quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. So, but he. That's what makes him fun to watch, in my opinion. Right. But the, he had one nice thing to say about, and that was about DeAndre Hopkins. He said, I legitimately, like, he gives me a difficult time trying to cover him. So. And he said, I wouldn't mind teaming up with him. So that might be one. And then I think the Philadelphia Eagles, they need corners. And I hate to say this because my boy, Sidney Jones, plays in Philadelphia. And I think he, he'd, he'd be solid playing right alongside with Jalen Ramsey. But the Eagles could definitely use a corner, a star caliber corner that can get him over the hump. Because the offense is somewhat there with Carson Wentz and all his weapons, if they're healthy. Um so I think maybe the Eagles. And then the last team I have is the Chiefs because that Chiefs defense is so depleted. And imagine teaming up Jalen Ramsey with Tyron Matthew. And the Chiefs are known for teams to, you know, give give up a first-round pick like they did for Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks. So it's like they're known to, like, risk taking that move. But I think the biggest thing for these teams are is making sure they secure Jalen Ramsey because he's on a contract year right now. So it's like if you trade for him, you want to make sure you get that extension because you're giving up a first round pick plus something else. And you want to make sure he doesn't walk in the offseason. Yeah, I agree with I think the Chiefs might be the best for Jalen Ramsey. And I'm only saying that because I did see a lot of articles supporting that theory. And I do agree with and everything you just said. 
So we'll we'll be on the lookout. We're recording this on Tuesday night, so hopefully when this episode comes out Wednesday, he's not traded, or maybe he, he will, be. will be. But we'll see. Our luck. I know. All right. So now, last but not least, we are going to end this episode with some predictions. We're going to go with division winner predictions. And we were supposed to do this a lot earlier, but since episodes haven't been coming yeah. out, we're going to give you now we got a good idea. So maybe our predictions. Will I know, be but that's, more that's, why, that's why it's like the predictions are kind of suspect that's now that true. we've seen teams playing the injuries that have happened, taking yeah. place, all that stuff. All right. But so it's only two weeks in. Also, we didn't also who would have thought that so many injuries would take in place in the first two weeks. That's that's yeah. I mean, it's contact sport happens, but yeah, you're right. A lot. This has been yeah. a lot. Okay. Do you want to go with AFC first or NFC? So let's start off AFC North. I have my Baltimore Ravens. I have the Ravens as well. Lamar Jackson has thoroughly impressed me. So kind of like how the Dallas Cowboys new offense coordinator, you know, uh, Dak with under on all the scrutiny of whether he can be a good quarterback or not. I think Lamar Jackson's on the same boat. The Baltimore Ravens got a new offensive coordinator in Greg Roman, who was a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator when he was on the Saints. And he was also the tight ends coach with the Ravens last year. So and also getting a full offseason of working with Lamar Jackson, helping him with that new offense that they've created and finally getting weapons like Marquise Brown, our, the Ravens first round pick mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, getting other studs. We have Willie Sneed and then getting Mark Ingram in the backfield, too, like. My biggest thing I've seen from Lamar Jackson is his confidence and his poise. A lot of the time you see him scramble and just take off because he doesn't have confidence throwing. Now he will actually sit in the pocket, scramble. He'll want to pass rather than run. He's come out and said that. So the Ravens and then obviously Ravens defense is always solid. So that's why. Yeah, I see the Ravens going pretty far, honestly, but they just have to continue. Yeah, to continue I think, what they're doing, stay healthy, and they'll go pretty far, I think, even in the playoffs. I think the Ra- the good thing for the Ravens' schedule is that they had these two easy opponents in the Dolphins and the Cardinals, so kind of helped Lamar Jackson build his momentum and confidence going mm-hmm. up. Oh, for but sure. But they do have the Chiefs this week, so I think it may be a that's shootout be with the Patrick Mahomes game. and uh, and Lamar Jackson. That'll be a shootout. So that's, that's actually the, I think I think game. that's the NFL game of the week. So that mm-hmm. should be really fun to watch. But yeah, so I have them going eleven and five especially given the situation with the Steelers' Big Ben and then yeah. also the Browns, you know, not being the Browns that we all thought they would be. Yep. And then the Bengals are the Bengals. So <laughs> so let's go AFC South. I have the Texans at 9-7 and seven winning the division. I have the Texans as well. They came out really dominant against the Saints early, and then, you know, of course, Drew but Brees But then they look like shit. Yeah, I was like, but also Drew Brees does what he does. Yeah. And he came, they came back and won. But um, then week two, they look like shit against the Jaguars. I'm like, that's true. Like week but one, I mean, they look I, like amazing team. Like yeah. they can be a potential Super Bowl team. And then next week, they, you know, just shit of the bed with against the Jaguars. So, I mean, they just got to be consistent with it. And I'll, I think that's actually one of the tougher divisions in the league with the Titans, with the Jaguars, and with the Colts as well, even though Andrew Luck isn't there. Yeah, the Colts Don't are sleep still, on the Colts. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. The Colts, they should not, I was going to say, they should not be ones to be slept on, but no, I agree. But I still do have the Texans taking it. They just got to get it together a little bit, but I do see that. I was very, very impressed the way they came out against the Saints, so. All right, AFC East. Should we, do we need to say this? Patriots. Patriots, duh. My note is Patriots, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have them going 14 and two, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go 16 and 0. That defense is <laughs> looking know. amazing. Dude, They've only so allowed depressing. three points in the first, given they played the Miami Dolphins. Right. But the Steelers, they held to three points. And that was a fully healthy Steelers team because that's Big Ben playing. So that defense is looking amazing. And then we don't even got to talk about the offense. Actually, we should because they freaking got Antonio Brown. That's just another weapon well, for we'll Brady. We'll see what happens with Antonio Brown. But even if they don't have Antonio, regardless, yeah. they're still the same old Patriots, maybe even better. They just have to stay healthy. That's that's literally their biggest competitor. People are saying health. that Gronk might come back. If he comes back, I'm just going to. He's, he's actually not eligible to come back this year. But, yeah, I've been seeing that. He's not eligible to come back oh. this year. I would have been like, but that would have been crazy. Everybody throw in the towel. Everybody um, throw in the towel. AFC but West. Yeah, AFC West, I got Chiefs. Me too. I fully I I love Patrick Mahomes. He's Mahomes. really good. And I, this year he he I feel like he got way better. The the thing with him, which surprised me the most, is the fact that Tyreek Hill, his number one target. Well, actually I would say Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. But given that Tyreek Hill got injured early and 
he's basically made a name for Demarcus Robinson, mm-hmm. for Hardman, for like all these other guys. Like he still put up 440 yeah. yards and uh, four touchdowns against the Raiders with without Tyreek Hill. So yeah. his attitude is like, you know what? Just put me, get some guys out there for me. I will throw the ball. I wouldn't to be surprised if he throws if he throws fifty touchdowns again this season. Ends up winning the MVP again because he threw fifty touchdowns last year. And I hope he does because he's on my fantasy. Let's see, but and also the reason why I picked the Chiefs is just because the Chargers look sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Which I, honestly, I don't actually. That was the wrong reaction. But like, yeah, I just I, that was my initial reaction because I hate the Chargers. I actually had the Chargers. I was very, very optimistic about the Chargers. I had them going, like, way in the way, like, before even training camp started. I had the Chargers actually going to the Super Bowl. Oh, I remember you told me that. But then... I was like, But also, it's their defensive injuries. They're they're all pro safety. Derwin James went down before week one even started. So, it's like, that was tough. And then for the AFC wildcard, I have the Browns going 10-6. and I feel like, although they've had not the best start, even though they're 1-1, they didn't have the best start to the season. I feel like they're going to turn things around. Their chemistry is going to come together eventually, and Baker Mayfield's confidence. Maybe he won't throw as many picks. So I have him finishing 10-6 and right behind the Ravens for that first wildcard spot. Yeah, uh, like we said earlier, the Browns making a lot of mistakes, but mistakes can be amended. It's not that they're a bad team. On paper, that team's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And then second team, I got the Titans going nine and seven, just because that defense is so goddamn underrated, and that secondary is very underrated, and a lot of people are sleeping on them, and especially Marcus Mary and Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry is gonna go. He's already been going off this season, but I feel like they just keep need to f- need to feed the beast, and did, yeah. he'll do, and he'll take them places. So that, that's my second wild card team at nine and seven. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the NFC. Who you got for the NFC North? I got the Packers. Same. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. More than Aaron Rodgers on that offense, that defense is looking amazing. Granted, they well, I was gonna say, granted, Aaron Rodgers and his offense did not look good the very first game of the season. That was a boring game, but their defense did hold them to three points. Their did their defense the is looking really good, and it starts with that front seven. Mm-hmm. They made moves getting Sedarius Smith. Uh, in the offseason, uh, letting go of Mike Daniels, which everyone was like, what the hell is they letting go of Mike Daniels? That's their best, uh, debatably their best offensive lineman. And then, But Kenny Clark is killing it. And then, you know, Blake uh, Martinez is doing well. Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, who they got from the Bears. Like, they are they're gonna con- Packers they're good. are going to continue to be a solid team. Yeah, no and doubt. And if Aaron Rodgers can finally get it clicking, like we know Aaron Rodgers to mm-hmm. be with Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's been um, struggling. With Jimmy Graham, like. And Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like, if he can get it together, Aaron Jones, all of them, Packers are a scary team. Get also, look out for them. Aaron Rodgers always pulls through towards the latter end of the season, anyways. Well, that's when it's be, crunch when time, when he stays healthy. Yes, but when it is crunch time, you right. can always count on Aaron Rodgers. Right. He's the Hail Mary King. Yeah. So, and then NFC South, I got Saints. I got the Saints too. Given that Drew Brees is still going to be out six weeks, I, like, I already did my whole spiel yeah, about that division. Yeah, we already did our spiel. We're not going to say it again. And how bad that division is, but I'm giving it to the Saints, 10 and 6. Yeah. Um, Let's go NFC East. Cowboys, duh. No contest. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. Like, are the Cowboys are looking too good right now, I'm, and if nothing happens. I'm actually going to. You're going to say the Eagles? No, I'm kidding. I'm going to agree with you. I, was I, got like, the, I got the Cowboys, too. Yeah, the team, That team's just looking way too good right now. I think if we would have predicted before the season, I feel like you would have picked the Eagles. I think I did have the Eagles. Yeah. Because I didn't expect Dak Prescott to go off like Me this. Me neither, but... And I didn't, I didn't yeah. think Kellen Moore, you know, would do do justice to this offense. Mm-hmm. So, Cowboys, I have them going... I actually, believe it or not, I have them going 13-3. and Show, look at that. Look at that. So, I want the record to show. Kush <laughs> believes the Cowboys will do well. I do. I and certainly it, but, agree. If but they, it also, if it they also starts with that defense. That defense is amazing. Yes. Although, the deep, yes, the defense is very, very strong. But there has been a few drives where they just kind of let the other team roll all over them. I more so saw that when they played the Giants season opener. But as long as they get that together. But that wasn't until the second half. Right. But I think so they kind of eased off the brakes. I just hate when teams do that, though. I hate when it's like, oh, ease off the brakes, let them drive. No. Yeah. Don't let them score at any time. I don't. I personally don't like that because that could be dangerous. It could be. It you could know? bite them back in the butt. But I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think that offense will carry that team. Mm-hmm. And defense is solid enough to keep them in or to um, keep their lead. And I'm just going to say this. 
We the Cowboy Dallas Cowboys right now have Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper. Back in the nineties, and they well, also they have we have new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Back in the nineties, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. They had Norv Turner, who was a new offensive coordinator, and it only took them two years to get them to the NFC Championship. Deja boo. I see it happening. So optimistic. I am very optimistic because <laughs> my whole life I've been a Cowboys fan by choice. And it's been rough, but I really do feel like I'm going to be flying to Texas very soon for that parade. All right. So Anyways. let's move on to the NFC West. I got Rams. Me too. This is actually a close one, though, because I think it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. But I have the Rams going 12-4. and four. Um, I just think Gurley is not the same Todd Gurley as last season. You're telling me. But uh, Malcolm Brown's solid running back for a two-headed monster in that backfield. Jared Goff, I still believe he's a system quarterback. Uh, he's only flourishing because Sean McVay is a mastermind. And then so it's you're really banking on – I mean, their, their defense is great. Mm-hmm. Secondary could use help. They lost LaMarcus Joyner. Akib Talib and Marcus Peters aren't looking like their old selves anymore. They're looking like ages getting up to them. But other than that, you still have Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think the Rams are still going to be a very, very strong team. Right. And I think they're going to take the NFC West with ease. I don't think it's going to be as close as you think. I you think, know who did surprise me I in think the NFC West? I think it's going to be close because my wild card team I got versus the 49ers. I was going to say the 49ers. The 49ers. I, look I, at them. I said this way back when, though, that the 49ers were going to make the wild card and they're going to surprise a bunch of teams because that defense, they have the best defensive line rotation in the entire league. I don't care what anybody does. I mean, you could say the Eagles, but I'd say the 49ers. Yeah. Like, they're just stacking. They made moves in the offseason. They so. really did. And they're 2-0 and right now. They are 2-0. and And Jimmy G had an awful first game, second game, bounced back. And this is without Dante Pettis, too, another speedster of theirs. And without Tevin Coleman as well. They're starting running back. So it's like, they're they're young, but, and, but I think Kyle Shanahan is doing something great in San Francisco. And I can see them making the wild card and potentially maybe even upsetting a team in the wild card round. But... That's that's me being a little optimistic, but I I actually do have confidence in them. I do too, especially this year. And the 49ers, it's been a long time coming for them as well. Yeah, but you also do got to remember. See the Seahawks. I hated not putting them in the wild card because I feel like Russell Wilson is such a good quarterback that he will always find a way into the playoffs, even though his offensive line is trash. That defense outside of that outside of Bobby Wagner, it really isn't that great. So, but I I actually don't have to make have the Seahawks. I don't either, yeah, just because of the defense. Yeah. Their defense just isn't good enough. So the second team I got is the Eagles at 10-6. and six. Given that the injuries that they're going through right now with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun uh, Jackson, I still think they'll get it together, and Carson Wentz can pop off anytime and have that MVP-like season that he had in year two of his career. That's true, but like you said, he has to pop off. Which I think he could. They have a decent offensive line. It's just a matter of staying healthy. Mm-hmm. So those are my predictions for that. And then Super Bowl prediction, who you got? Okay. Should I be realistic? Or be should realistic. I be? Be realistic. Um, Cowboys in the <laughs> – I'm just kidding. No, but honestly, I really do see the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. I really do. And then, you know, Tom Brady is going to be in the Super Bowl. Who would I love? That's really funny. Because I have the same exact thing. You I do? Actually, I actually have Patriots and Cowboys. Right? Who would I love to see upset the Patriots in the AFC Championship? Ravens. The Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we were not tuned up on that one. but I, No, but I think Ravens have... They get, do. They, they, they legitimately have, a, have a shot just because that defense is so good. Mm-hmm. And then if Lamar Jackson and that offense can stay hot like they did the first two games, they can they can be dangerous in potential right. ups. They play the Patriots once this season, and they play the Chiefs this season. So I think those two games are for sure going to be big tests to to the Ravens. Yeah, definitely. But the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is coming for blood. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is He's a dog. coming for blood, especially what happened last year. Didn't even get a chance. So, dream prediction, the Ravens and the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys are probably going to win. And the nosebleeds are there. We'll be sitting in the nosebleeds. Well, even the nosebleeds might be kind of expensive because, honestly, if the Cowboys are in a Super Bowl again, sold out. 
and I believe it, where is it this year? It's in Miami this year, actually. I believe. Oh my God, let's go! It's in Miami. I've always wanted to go to Miami. <laughs> it's the only good thing that's going on for the Miami. <laughs> hey, <laughs> shout out the to the city. They're gonna make lots of money off the food of the stadium. Parking's gonna be expensive. They'll get their bag. But yeah, but well, yeah. In a dream situation, it would be the Ravens Cowboys. No, honestly, dream Miami. situation. I want. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and I want the Cowboys to be Tom Brady, just so that I can rub it in every single Patriots fan's face, and I can cannot wait to see them fly off the bandwagon after that. Wow, he still has six Super Bowls, so just saying. Whatever. Just well, saying. Well, if the Cowboys beat the Patriots, we'll be even. That would be All awesome. Right. Well, that is gonna wrap up this NFL edition. I'm glad to be back. It feels good. It feels to good be to be podcasting back. again. Feeling the good. Feeling great. Maybe, hopefully, you guys, next week, Kush won't leave me on red like he did the last month, and we could record another episode oh my God. again. Because that's what happened. I'm throwing you under the bus. Well, hopefully, you guys didn't unfollow us either. And if you guys <laughs> did, make sure you guys press that follow button on our social medias. We got the nosebleeds on Instagram, and then on Twitter, it's the underscore nosebleeds. We got a Facebook page, too, the nosebleeds. So please like, share, all that good stuff. Like, comment, subscribe. And also, you guys didn't hear any commercials because we got nobody repping us because we got kicked out of the other studio, and we are controlling our own stuff now we're controlling our own destiny we're also like our slogan says we're broke yeah <laughs> so that's also why too but um what would really help us if you guys could make sure you subscribe and like our podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and if you're on apple Podcasts, please leave us a review five stars we would really 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 appreciate that we really really would and you guys, we're coming back, and it's football, and this episode's probably going to be like two hours, but it's football, baby, the best sport in the world. So you know we're going to get into it, and we're also going to be hopefully bringing on some special guests very soon. And NBA is starting up soon, too, and next oh, yeah. month. So and we got NBA, NFL, and then plus the Battle of L.A., Clippers, Lakers going on. That's going to be There's a lot of teams. That, it's honestly a toss-up in the NBA, too, but... Mm-hmm. You'll, we'll get to that we'll shortly. get to that shortly yep but that's gonna do it for this episode thanks for tuning in and we will catch you on next time deuces bye